0: Hello and welcome to episode number 269 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going?
1: Pretty good, pretty good.
0: This is a very exciting episode. We have a lot to go through. Yeah, this is going to be all over the place, um, but in a good way, because we've got loads of exciting stuff to talk about. Um, Yeah, this week's film uh, is a nice little anthology, um, Mm. a a new installment in the VHS franchise, which is something that I've wanted for many, many years, predating Mm -hmm. the podcast, in fact. Yeah um and it's crazy that it's finally here and i've actually seen it um so yeah we'll go over that soon um and then yeah at the end of the show we'll we'll go over some tv because there's so much on at the minute and uh yeah we'll probably talk about some of that american horror story um season 10 um but first we need to start with the news and yeah there's a lot to get through yeah there's there's three pretty (laughs) substantial um stories this week uh two of which are uh, massive trailers that we kind of alluded to in the last week um the first one
1: dropped in time man
0: yeah this first one we knew that was coming and i had assumed that the the, the second one would also be dropping which actually came before which we'll get Mm. to uh but we have to start with of course the first trailer for scream um mm-hmm. we saw the teasers last week. We saw the poster, I think, over the weekend, and then it, it dropped today. Um it's pretty short, it's like two minutes, which I'm thankful for. Um uh,
1: there's already some stuff in there, man. Like I, <laughs> I'm already gonna say that I, I feel like I'm done with trailers for this movie.
0: Yeah, I've only seen it once, and yeah. I, I don't know if I'm gonna actively seek it out anymore because I'm with you that like yeah, you don't want to see it. Like, I've seen enough and I want to see the movie. Um But yeah, other than There's already than that... one
1: moment in the trailer that I won't go into in case you didn't see it. But there was like a one second bit where I was like, oh, that feels <laughs> like a moment that I pictured this movie having. And now mm. I've seen this one second. I'm like, oh, why did I see that? So, yeah. But what I'm did already... you make
0: of the trailer overall?
1: So, I mean, so first of all, we get to see Ghostface. Mm. So we see, go- like it, w- I, I said a few things on last week's show. Like, will we get answers to a few things? And we actually got answers to quite a lot of it. Yeah, uh, good and bad. Um, you know, we see that Ghostface is Ghostface, which is which is good. Like, you know, mm. and, and he he is running around because we it knew can't that be the understated
0: Mas- that as well.
1: Yeah, we knew the mask would make an appearance pretty much by now, but I, I kind of. I was really scared that it was gonna be like a throwaway thing. Like opening scene and then they kind of reveal the new mask. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm so glad that, that it's Ghostface. So yeah, it really that really is the biggest thing that's come from this. And then obviously we do get to see Dewey, Sid, and um Gail. Mm. Um you know, we get to see all three. We get to see them quite heavily. Um and obviously I, I I was happy with what I saw of Sydney and Dewey. It, I'm still I still have to get used to Courtney Cox. Um, she just looks so different, and mm. it's it's just weird and kind of seeing her in that role. It it felt like she was well. Sydney was the one that felt the most natural. Dewey's just Dewey, man. <laughs> like, and uh, I mean, never, never I,
0: makes a bad film,
1: exactly. So, <laughs> but but yeah, and then and then I think when we actually delve into the you know what we get plot wise. I kind of like it. Like I like the fact that I kind of get the impression that there's like copycat killers and there's been multiple of them, but then this one is now starting to, you know, started to get some notoriety and that's why Dewey's telling Sid about it. But it Hmm. seems like this is not the first time it's happened. And I quite quite like that. It's kind of what Saw was trying to do, which I, you know, I hate to throw that horrible, dirty word out there, but that was actually (laughs) something that was quite interesting about the Saw movie that they didn't explore enough. So I hope they pick up that mantle here and actually go with it. And then obviously when we hear that kind of the new class, a kind of descendants, you know, relatives, whatever, have connections to people in the old movies, I'm like, okay, I can start to see the web of things and, and, and all of that stuff. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's all okay. I think kind of the, the negative in the trailer was, was definitely the sound and and the soundtrack kind of the music and and stuff that felt over it. It didn't, I don't know about you, but the, the sound, uh, the, well, the soundtrack and the music more than anything didn't really feel like a screen movie, mm. um, and it did feel a little bit off. And that's probably me being just so ivory tower and nitpicky, but I, but I definitely did feel that the you know the the soundtrack wasn't you know of the same you know. It, like I said, if we saw a snippet of of a, of a trailer of the other movies, I would know that they are all those movies. Whereas this one, if I just hear that snippet, I wouldn't necessarily have felt that we didn't we didn't kind of we didn't get too much of the knife and the actual sound effects and all of that stuff we got a little bit of ghost face didn't we but um yeah like i say i think you know i'm overall i'm okay with it i'm i'm happy i'm i'm scared you know i'm i'm hyped i'm kind of all of those things
0: (laughs) yeah I, I thought it was good. I, I liked the trailer. Um, I I definitely liked the first half of the trailer more. Um, the kind of first minute because it was just like a scene. Um, hmm. which is what I prefer rather than the kind of like the jump cuts and and you know you try and block those those key little moments of the movie away. Um, because yeah, it was just a stalking scene. It was with hmm. General General Ortega, and you know it feels like an opening scene of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering how. Intentional that is that that's the first thing we've seen of this movie, mm. um, which I think is cool um, yeah. because like yeah, hope... the
1: opening scene of the movie. Yeah,
0: I don't think it is, um, but mm. I really liked it. I like the use of technology first and foremost. You know, this is yeah. ten years since the last screen movie, and so you know, seeing the whole stuff on her phone with her security system with the doors locking and unlocking, I liked all that. Yeah. Um, I liked hearing the voice. It was the, you know the proper voice for Ghostface. Um, and all that stuff was cool and then yeah that's kind of then the next minute is where you get a lot of just quick stuff happening you see a lot of the core three a lot of interactions between those three mostly kind of Sid and um, Gail in person with like Dewey on the phone to them Um, and then you kind of get these very quick jump uh, jump cuts of just our new cast you know there is a big new cast of young actors you don't really get a sense of who they are you don't really get to see them interact with each other it's just like each shot is kind of them on their own close up um to not give away i guess kind of like partnerships you know relationships friendships who's an enemy you know so they're really not giving too much away um and yeah i thought like the sound was fine It, it certainly didn't stand out to me but i'm also glad that there wasn't some big licensed song over the top of all this um because as we'll get to in the next trailer that that can be very distracting um and so i'm glad this didn't have that but yeah it was it was fine i've seen enough um Mm -hmm. i want to see the movie i still have many many question marks about it and i'm still very cautiously optimistic about it. where do you think
1: we are in the movie where do you think the location
0: is um i mean it has to be Woodsboro, right
1: It feels like it is. It feels like at one point she goes to her old house or potentially the party house. I wasn't sure which one, but it Mm. it looked like a familiar house and, and and it looked like the, there was one scene where it kind of looked like the, uh, picket fence with the police car parked out front. Mm. Very reminiscent of Scream one. Mm. Um, so like, I don't know how much of that is going to be like, you know, the, the killer retracing the steps and doing the same thing. Um, but those sorts of things get me excited because i kind of think the whole like copycat of of um scream could could be really fun and that they kind of especially if they do ham the party you know that's such a seminal moment it's kind of when we rewatch scream mm-hmm. you know we kind of said that that the, the party kicks off like 45 minutes into the movie or something ridiculous like it's yeah. so early and it's like the the giant chunk of the movie and it would be great if this movie did something similar i think and instead of having like you know they can play tropes with a 10 second delay or or have a have a girl go into the 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 um garage to get to get beer and and you know n- not get killed and mm. so, you know the the boyfriend's in the kitchen and gets killed you know and just different things like that and and play on what we know happened in screen one i think that could be really fun and what i think a new screen movie should do um so so here's the hoping with that
0: well, one of the things i do remember and i've again I've, I've actually forgot most of it already so which is good but like dewey was doing the rules at one point mm-hmm. um wh- what did you make of that because that's kind of like it's a funny thing to put in the trailer because it's going to speak to a lot of people you know where it's like yeah. it's bringing up that randy energy it's a lovable character and Dewey doing it what, what did you make of that
1: it it pretty much terrifies me in that mm. the, the um, you know, I just don't see Dewey survive in this movie.
0: No, um, he's got and, the odds on favorite out ah, of the free yeah, to die. <laughs> and there's
1: kind of, there's kind of that along with um, a, a scene with Gale uh, screaming that I kind of, I kind of feel like the, op- I wouldn't be surprised if Dewey does die in the opening scene and everything mm. we have seen in this trailer is basically Dewey speaking to Sid saying that a new killer's back then gets killed and then he then we get a dewey video and like that's what we get of him like it really wouldn't surprise me and kind of dewey's death is the catalyst of what brings sid and gale back to Woodsboro, and Mm. what kind of gives this killer notoriety yeah uh, what none of the others did like and it's i've i've really gone backwards and forwards on it like i i i was originally precious to those thinking that they can't die because if if Wes didn't kill them no one deserves to kill them i think was mm. when i what i had in my mind but i'm i'm to the point now where i'm like if if it serves the point and and it you know it gets to the point that it's ridiculous that these people keep living and like <clears throat> i you know i just need to see the bloody thing and see what they do and like i i can't get precious about who lives or who dies well, that's um because
0: when, when they do the 40th anniversary of Scream and they, re- and they make a sequel, then it won't the, all of these sequels <laughs> don't matter anyway, so you can just bring they'll everyone just back. Like,
1: they'll be like, don't worry, we're just starting again from Scream 2.
0: Mm. Um, let's, let's find a speak,
1: boyfriend for speak,
0: her. Speaking of that, and retcon it. One thing I do find interesting. I'm glad there wasn't even remotely a hint of this. Is that I, I haven't really been reading it, but I've been seeing a few headlines lately from Matthew Lillard um and kind of talking up like the potential of you know basically bringing up so the question of, cool, of 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 did Billy and Stu die in the movie mm. essentially? Which mm. which I find the Stew one's always been talked about. Obviously, yeah. the the Billy thing I find more it ridiculous. Billy's yeah. Dead. Well, for me, they're both fucking dead. But like, so I don't understand why we're even having the debate. But I think it's fine if if Matthew wants to bring up the case for Stu, um, I, because there I, is at least a bit of ambiguity there.
1: I can see. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of ambiguity there. I think if it was explained well uh if if we had a three from hell opening of scream like explaining how he was not dead but was kind of taken away and has been oh, i do society. not want that at all
0: i don't honestly <laughs> like, i do not want them to I, be in this film
1: i'm i i wouldn't i don't you know i'm not completely against Stu being being alive i don't want it because i think that's done but um i you know billy is a whole different matter because billy is dead
0: Mm. Um, I just bring it up because i've been seeing a few i mean for the first time ever it'd it be at least being talked about and i'm like well why is this being talked about now mm, so I, I, just, I just Matthew, find that Matthew interesting Lillard
1: has always talk this shit true like, he he always has because i think it might have been scream four or three that he had all that stuff saying he had a contract and and, mm. and had almost signed it and all of this stuff was back for those movies and he's now wasn't researched. it was it was
0: it was it Scream two because obviously he got paid for one of them didn't he Maybe it was it...
1: Scream. Maybe it was Scream too. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and obviously he's in the um, in a party scene, isn't he? In the background in uh, Scream 2? <laughs> yeah. So and that because he was just like on set. <laughs> um, he's going to get he's... rid of him, and
1: so like I just think like you know fair play. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he'll be in this movie.
0: I hope not. But yeah, like... the, these this is just around the corner, so uh, we've got a little bit more speculating to do. But yeah, this is like January fourteenth, so.
1: You know, I'm very
0: second week of the new year. It's like the biggest, one of the biggest movies we're going to cover for the podcast. It's it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, next up, it, another huge, you know, this would have been one of the biggest trailers we'd covered this year, were it not for Scream overshadowing it, mm-hmm. um, is the first look, first trailer uh, for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, um, which is obviously it's bringing the franchise back to its roots. Um, mm-hmm. This comes out very soon, next month, November 24th. Um, and so yeah we've been dying to see the trailer for this one for a while after we, after we saw like the sets leak and the costumes and we obviously got a cast announcement and all that stuff um, we did get a trailer pretty long we and blue trailer um, what, what did you make of this one oh man
1: I I liked it I liked <laughs> it it's shit but I liked it Like <laughs> that's, that's what I kept looking at throughout it like this is exactly what I asked for and I'm now getting it and so i have to just embrace it Mm. like it's it's not shit that's harsh there there are some things but but i pretty much liked it all i just i just was a sucker for it all and even when it was bad i just was like oh i remember that in the game itchy scratchy (laughs) like and i just i just like i just was having a fun time and like i've watched it a couple of times because i wasn't sure whether my
0: like just, i know just... that reference and now i am happy
1: correct correct <laughs> but even when i even when i watched it like a third time the trailer i still had a little pop for it and i was like <laughs> oh i remember reading that it was my favorite like and and yeah and it, it, it there's the trailer's absolutely bonkers mm. because you know, the, I would love screen... to know what people
0: who don't, who just haven't played any Resident Evil oh, games, God. think of this trailer because I'm like, how does this make any it sense to people? No <laughs>
1: sense. It makes no sense because it
0: doesn't make much sense to me. Mm. Um,
1: because like the screen trailer was longer, right? Or well, they're pretty similar. No,
0: no, no, no This is longer. There's about two and a uh, half. Okay. I think. Uh, okay, but there's
1: not much in it really. Mm. And like the screen trailer really doesn't show that much, whereas this has so much. Like we get to see characters villains set pieces kind of plot points all like every second of this trailer is a easter egg for people who played the video games um so many of them ask a lot of questions like and 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 a lot of questions to me is why and how because mostly how because unless this movie is like 17 hours long Mm -hmm. like we're, we're pretty much getting the plot of I would say pretty much Resident Evil Zero to Code Veronica, like zero, one, two, three and Veronica. We're pretty much getting in this.
0: Well, so um, they said a while back, it's one and two yeah, is what it. the story is. But obviously this trailer, <laughs> yeah, you know, directly pulls from Code Veronica. It pulls from Zero. Um, so, yeah. yeah, there is clearly more to it. But that's what they've said anyway, is that the core story is supposed yeah. to. Which, again, when you think about what the core story is, that is so much like, it's ridiculous to think that you could get um, two games I mean, worth of story into one film.
1: I mean, the thing is, when you break it down with the mansion, you can, you can do the mansion very quickly. Like, mm. it just depends on how much, you know, we don't need to see characters walking around trying to find a key for four and a half hours. Mm. So, like, when you actually get to the plot points of the mansion, there really is a, a short amount to include. And especially if you're not going to have all of the you know, maybe they don't fight a giant shark or a plant. Um, you know, so it kind of, you can do different things, but, but yeah, like I said, uh, there were a lot of things to like as well. Like with just the visuals, I think kind of just seeing the mansion was, was just gnarly. To, To just see that in like a live action setting to see real human beings in there was crazy. Obviously we got very little of the police station. I'm very excited to see that. Um, we got a helicopter crash into the police station, which gets me very excited.
0: No, we because... didn't. It, it, crashed, into, it crashed into the mansion.
1: Oh, they, that the they, mansion?
0: they've changed it. Yeah. It's ah. it's the same set piece from Resident Evil two, but he's put it into Resident Evil one as one of the many sort of different artistic ah. I changes. I didn't
1: realize it was the mansion. I just assumed yeah. it was the police station. but either way we see a helicopter crash, which obviously, mm. you know, I want the T-90. I don't care where he is. Like, and, and again, like I'm not feeling precious about the, the the um resident evil one and two i don't need them to tell that by the book if Mm. if they do a reimagining where there are liquors in the mansion t90s in the mansion you know whatever as long as it's good and and fun then i'm okay with it um you know I, i think as a as a crazy fan of the resident evil franchise which if you haven't picked up on by now i i am like i think going into this movie not knowing everything that's going to happen is exciting yeah you know if this was just a remake of one and two i'd be like okay that's cool let's see what it looks like but you know with this this very this very clearly isn't that and and that does actually get me excited you know like the original movie did you know Mm. the original movie i knew i wasn't getting a remake of resident evil and i i loved it and and had a great time with it and i kind of You know, my only thing back in the day was I kind of wished it had a bit more of the game stuff in it. Well, I'm definitely getting that with this movie.
0: Yeah, Um, for sure.
1: Yeah, like I'm I'm pretty excited. I, I can't lie.
0: Yeah, I really like the trailer. Like, I think, first of all, it, it's been really well received online, which I think is great. I, I love seeing, you know, Resident Evil be positively received because I've seen it both ways in, in the last mm. decade. And, uh, it's awesome to hopefully keep it on this positive trajectory, especially coming off of, uh, Village earlier this year, which was absolutely outstanding. Um, and yeah, like, I, I mean, th- I'll start with something that I really didn't like which was the song in the trailer. Um, I like the song but this doesn't remotely speak Resident Evil to me. Um, I think this director who I will speak positively about in a second, but he he directed The Strangers Pray at Night as his last movie, um, which I didn't particularly like but i remember specifically the sequence involving a song a licensed song um was a cool sequence in that movie and that's kind of like what everyone remembered about the movie and has really bigged up post that movie it's like oh yeah the movie is what it is but that sequence and i'm i'm worried he's gonna try and make that his thing and if he Mm. crowbars in licensed moments in in resident evil that won't work for me so again this is just the trailer but that's one concern i have this
1: is the Year slash 18 months of licensed reimagining versions of songs being in horror movie trailers. So, this mm. is just one of very many that have done that. And, uh, just as a side note, I, I'm just a sucker for them all. And even when they don't fit, like this one, I still kind of like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like the song, uh, but yeah, it's just a concern, a potential well, concern but, but for the yeah, movie. I,
1: yeah, I, I just think it's a thing with trailers. Like, we've seen it so often. It's a good point that you make. I, I hope it's wrong um and i and i think it probably is because of the fact that there's just so much in it but yeah i mean it very well could be right because it is it is a very good point
0: well we shall see and obviously yeah in terms of positive for the director first and foremost like and he's been speaking up for ages so i kind of knew this going in but then seeing the trailer just reinforced it like this guy fucking loves resident evil mm-hmm. and i think that is awesome and it's what the fans have wanted for so long is kind of like he's one of us he he is a hardcore fan of resident evil regardless of of his previous films and how this movie turns out he's doing it from a place of love and mm-hmm. that can only be positive um because clearly um even though i do like some of the previous resident evil movies in particular i love the first First movie, um, mm. they didn't come from a place of love at all, and I'd I'd wager a lot of money that they probably hadn't even played the games prior to, to trying to you know getting production made on that first film. Um, oh yeah, because... I remember him
1: talking about them being like, "Oh yeah, I put it in once and like had a little go on set, and like mm. yeah, it's just like that wasn't it was just a it was just IP for them." Definitely. And so is, you get this to Patrick this, project. and it's it,
0: the you know this is a he he loves it, and I do think. Listen, I don't think the movie looks great. There's a lot off about it. I do think it kind of looks like a fan film with a budget, um, which, again, could be very entertaining. But I do worry about its structure as a movie overall. The story definitely worries me. Again, I'm fine with change and stuff, but I just think it's going to be so bloated. And, and, And especially with how much is in this trailer, I'm like if they're keeping you know ada if they're keeping mr x if they're yeah. keeping potentially nemesis there's going to be so much in this goddamn film um which again it could be fun but it seems like they're focusing on you know claire seems to be the lead character which i'm fine with um william birkin seem and like lisa trevor that seems to be like a big aspect of the film you know it's kind of weird that you see like jill and leon for like a second in the trailer um Jill's because the this one yeah well they're such iconic characters and like i don't even know if leon has a lot in the trailer and i'm pretty sure jill just says run you know it's almost all claire which which again yeah. i'm fine with um <laughs> and yeah it's it's a weird one i do think the, the the set design and locations is the best thing about the trailer by far like they just it is one for one like pulled from the from the games and i think that's incredible and this is where i do think this is going to be like a weird Frankenstein's monster of a film mm-hmm. where I'm like, I don't know what he's going for because you have the, the the set design which is pulled one from one from the games you have the story we's, which he's adapting which I'm perfectly fine with because video games need to be adapted to be successful movies but then you have like the cast who they've clearly not cared about making them look like the the way they look in the games which again i'm fine with but it's a certain choice which will throw people the fact that jill and leon in particular don't immediately look like jill and leon will throw people especially with the backdrop of something we're so familiar with and so it's kind of like he's making a lot of different choices here where he's doubled down on Resident Evil in some aspects and then he's mm. taking it in a completely new direction in others. So I'm, for that reason, I'm pretty excited for this because I really think this could range from like it's spiral and it's absolute dog shit So like this was ridiculously entertaining like the sort of the new predator movie was um and, and that's kind of like the the gambit i think it could run and yeah i just hope it's fun man i i do yeah. think it will be fun i I'm like
1: sure i'm gonna have a good time like yeah. which is which is one of the main things i think as well Definitely. like when the bits we've seen obviously we saw like the hallway of the mansion which is iconic mm. but i really do feel like we're just going to every room we go into we will recognize yeah i don't I don't think we're going to be in that mansion and walk into a room that we don't recognize in some way, mm. um, which I think is just going to be really fun.
0: Um, that was the other thing as well you you mentioned the itchy tasty mm. and it's like okay so there's clearly these like hardcore specific references that <laughs> only people that have played the original games will understand yeah. and again I'm like that's a very specific choice yeah. but then you have like and you have Leon running around not looking like Leon it's, yeah. it's very strange and, and, obviously, and a lot of story changes you know even mm. from this trailer where I'm like oh Claire is explaining to Chris who Umbrella are and I'm like that's fucking weird like that's just weird for me to see because that's mm. not Chris that we've known in all of the games so it's it is it's very 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 interesting like it's certainly one of the most intriguing trailers i did watch this one a few times when it came out mm. last week just because there was so much to unpack and yeah i'm 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 definitely more excited than i was so um i mean yeah. and like you say it's just around the corner so we haven't got a very long time exciting. to wait for this one um, yeah, that was our trailer talk. Um, Mm. Next up, this is a a pretty monumental news story. Um, So, yeah, some Hellraiser news. Obviously, Hellraiser has been featured quite heavily on the podcast in the previous Mm -hmm. months, which is always a joy, especially talking about it in a positive light. Um, And, yeah, basically, like the, the information that we already knew, there's a big... You know, movie coming out. David Bruckner, just off the back of the Nighthouse, is directing. And that's pretty much all we knew. Um, And we, so we basically had a cast announcement. Like, I'm still waiting for at least somewhat of a release date um, because this is wrapped, this is finished. Mm. You know, it's in post production. They've also talked about it being on Hulu in the United States. I'm curious what on earth that's going to mean because we can't really talk about that in terms of the UK yet, whether or not this is going to even get a cinema release. You know, we don't know at this point. Um, But in terms of the casting, uh, the kind of the big news story that kind of did the rounds in the past week is that uh, Jamie Clayton will be playing Pinhead in the new movie. Um, And kind of when this got announced, there was kind of like the clickbaity headlines, which is, oh my God, Pinhead is a woman now and that was kind of like the big thing that happened that day then there was kind of like the you know the pushback from that of like oh you know it's just another one of these woke decisions like ghostbusters you know and 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 all that sort of you know um rhetoric and then you get kind of like the staunch defenders of it and this is what i why i wanted to bring up because i do find this is like an interesting defense where the people are basically saying well actually you know if you've read hellbound heart um the you know the original character you know which again i should mention as well they are describing this character as the hell priest um mm-hmm. in all of this information they are not calling it pinhead as we've discussed in in previous weeks actually that that is like his or their official name um mm-hmm. in the sequel to hellbound heart um and always clive's vision he, he clive never liked the name pinhead um and yeah basically you know the defenders are saying well in the original hellbound heart uh the Hellbreast was genderless and leaned more towards female with a very feminine mm-hmm. voice now i really find this interesting but the reason why i would push back on it and why i am a little bit frustrated by a lot of people saying this is to me this is almost like inadvertently shitting on the original hellraiser um yeah. because this isn't stanley kubrick's the shining this isn't someone taking a piece of art which in that case was a novel by stephen king Changing it completely and making another piece of art, which is what he did with his final film. I think what Clive did is he took his story, he adapted it. He was the one who chose to cast Doug Bradley and make those choices with the Hell Priest in the original movie. And for me, there's no one better to adapt Hellbound Heart than Clive Barker. So I feel like there's almost like some weird history going on here where people are like, yes, this is the true version of this story. And I'm like, well, well we had that. And again, I'm not I'm not against this, um, because I actually am very, you know to take that to one side and i can also get your reaction to that i'm very excited for this movie i think there's more care being put into hellraiser for the first time in decades Mm -hmm. Um, and that alone gets me excited and i do think a fresh direction is really cool i already suspected that we wouldn't see the cenobites the way they looked in the original hellraiser and i actually don't want them to look that way um i want to see different stuff and i think the fact that they have talked Previously, about going back to the source material, going back to Hellbound Heart, I think that's interesting. Um, so I kind of get where people are coming from, being defensive, because yeah, this isn't this isn't turning Freddy Krueger into a woman. Like this None. is a more nuanced look at this character. Um, but I also find the defense a little bit disingenuous because ultimately, Clive Barker adapted his story. He's the one who cast Doug Bradley. The movie is a classic. Um, wh- <laughs> what what do you make of this whole news?
1: I mean, there's a lot to unpack. I think mm. first and foremost, I'm really excited for Hellraiser. Hell yeah. I think, like you said, there there, there is more care and love and budget and, and good people behind this movie than there has been for a long time. Mm. Um, I think all of the arguments and everything aside, I think Hellraiser is a character that I really, sorry, Pinhead is a character that I don't really mind Who it is, I wouldn't even care if Pinhead wasn't in a Hellraiser movie because Mm. I love Pinhead, I love Doug Bradley, but I think that the story at its core, the reason why Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 are so good is that it's all about the Cenobites and the different Cenobites and different looks and feelings and everything else. And it was when we started to just get tethered to pinhead that the franchise took a downturn. Mm. So I'm just up for the Cenobites being awesome and like how they look and everything is, is great. Then I, I hope they do look different. Um, the whole argument of the whole book versus kind of, you know, the film is, is so such a weird, unique case because obviously the creator of both <laughs> is the same guy, which but they are still two very different things the yeah. novella is um th- there is no larry you know that there, there there's um the the hus- julia's husband is rory he is not Kirsty's father Kirsty is like a friend who has a love interest mm-hmm. to 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 rory um so like he he changed like a lot when he adapted the film um you know the frank julia thing at its core is the same but yeah the fact that the fact that um rory becomes larry and kirsty becomes a daughter is a completely new thing for the movie that he changed um and i know that in his novella they specifically describe um cenobites as genderless as a big Mm. thing um but then they do specifically say that when when pinhead talks that they sound more feminine than the that that one sounded more feminine than the other. Mm. Um so it is incredibly interesting and I think would be a way more interesting argument of interpretation if Clive Barker didn't create both. But I think the fact that Clive did create these two different things and, and I think the the Hellbound Heart and Hellraiser are very different things. Um the you know I can see where people are going back to the original and saying those things, but, but yeah, ultimately I don't care. I, I just want it to be a kick-ass Hellraiser movie.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I would love for this to be called Hellbound Heart, um, mm. but it's not going to be because, you know, judging off of Scream and Halloween and all of these movies, this movie just going to be called Hellraiser. It's a shame um, it just
1: couldn't be called like colon Hellbound Heart, you know, or, yeah, you know, cause I, just, I think I, you can't not call this movie Hellraiser. I would like it to,
0: but you just can't mm. do
1: that. Like,
0: um, the, I just the think it would be such did... a ballsy thing to do, and I would respect it so much. Oh, so because... would
1: I. It just won't happen
0: because I love that the character now is being referred to only as the Hell Priest, and I think that mm. is a massive, you know, step in the right direction. And I think just yeah. go the whole hog and be like, yeah, this is Hellbound Heart. Like that, they they, they keep saying it's about the mm. book. You know, there's no reference to the 1987 film here. So why call it the same name? Like, it's just, it's weird Mm. to me. Um, There is a quote here from Clive Barker as well. um, Mm. who said, uh, having seen uh, some of the designs from David Bruckner's new Hellraiser movie, uh, they pay homage to what the first film created, but then take it into places it's never been before. This is Hellraiser on a scale that I simply didn't expect. David and his team are steeped in the story's mythology mythology, but what excites me is their desire to honor the original, even as they revolutionize it for a new generation. Um, so yeah, I think he kind of perfectly encapsulates all the things we were just discussing really. Um, and yeah, I cannot wait for this. Hopefully, um, this will be one of the, one of the big releases of 2022. Um, hopefully Mm -hmm. it's a cinema release in the UK as well. Um, But yeah, that is it for the news. A lot to talk about, but yeah, we can't we couldn't have uh, skimped on any of those news stories this week. Um shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about VHS 94. So yeah the the fourth installment in the franchise VHS has arrived. Um it's been a very long time coming. Uh we kind of got this this was in the news a couple of years ago um you know the kind of announcement i guess of the return of vhs which was something that i and myself have been wanting for a very long time um and then it kind of disappeared um i remember featuring in the news earlier this year some kind of uh, digging that i had done and yeah. even at that point there still wasn't much information there was like a few early drafts out there and that was about it um, and I remember saying like, "Well, this isn't coming in 2021," and then it all kind of happened pretty quickly. That like they, the the you know, the announcement of Shudder picking this up, which was awesome, and yeah, they kind of you know filmed this, wrapped it, pre uh, post production done in a, in a very quick turnaround. Um,
1: As a VHS movie should be done,
0: yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess yeah, we have to start with the previous movies before hmm. we talk about '94. Like it, the the first VHS well, think... movie. Which, which yeah, is like, coming up to like 10 years old at this point, crazy. which is crazy because I, I just remember when that came out. And it was of that, that era that we've spoke about before when there just wasn't much horror. You know, it was a weird time. Huh. Um, you know, there was franchises. Why but we, to f-
1: Why did we both watch it at the same time?
0: I have no, no clue where this even kind of came from, because I remember we were there, like on the ground floor, you know, when this yeah. came out. This wasn't like, we oh, we heard joking. word of mouth and got to it later. No. Um,
1: I, I remember like being hyped for this movie coming out. But for some reason, we had it to watch at the same time. Mm. And I remember like we didn't watch it together, but we watched it in the same night. Mm. um and just like having these moments that made us shit our pants and I remember just like messaging you and being just like holy shit and it was like it was it was one of these like true discovery moments that that I felt like as a horror fan that I just like unearthed this gem you know it was kind of you know it was it was around the time when we were watching things like Poughkeepsie tapes and martyrs and and that sort of thing and this was one of the first of that Mm. where which really fueled my kind of um you know, drive to, to, to seek out these kind of obscure horror movies and actually start that, that road again. And so, you know, I really think, I, I know we talk about this a lot, but I really think when you look at movies and franchises that shaped this podcast coming about, I do think VHS plays a part in that because I think in the last 10 years, it was a movie and a franchise that really sparked that drive for discovery you know, and not just being like, oh, okay, there's a new Halloween movie coming out. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I'm clearly not going to miss that. That's a thing. If I load, you know, uh, we'll be talking about that movie later, but like, you know, if I, if I load any of my uh, Facebook, you know, Twitter, um, IMDB, just anything, Halloween's all over it. Like I'm not missing that movie. The first VHS movie, that was not the case. You know, VHS Hmm. 94, that's not the case, you know? And it's kind of, It did spark that rediscovery of horror.
0: Well, I remember at the time, like we've discussed, we weren't blessed like we are now with a handful of horror auteurs who are currently making amazing horror movies consistently. It was at a time when you would occasionally find a Martyrs or some other random movie and that was it. And I remember at the time VHS being so exciting because it was just the whole idea behind it of giving these new guys a chance um and giving them a platform and i think that you look at the collection of filmmakers that were involved in vhs and it's mind-blowing and we've literally just talked about two of them in the news because Mm -hmm. this was you know david brockner um was involved um Mm -hmm. he directed one of the segments in the first movie um and then kind of the guys collectively at the time known as radio silence um directed a segment and they're of course directing scream and, and obviously david uh hellraiser so it's and then obviously you know adam wingard has gone on to direct um, some things. Blair witch and godzilla and king kong like these huge movies and it all stems from vhs yes there was certain other stuff around at the time um mm. ty west was probably one of the most popular i guess filmmakers going into vhs because he had done Definitely. some stuff um and adam had made a couple of movies but it was way before his break you know it was before your next and it was before the guest
1: your next Um, was what broke adam to a a bigger level
0: definitely but it was just yeah it was one of these movies perfect place perfect time i think Mm -hmm. where it was you know the internet was was great to find random stuff at that time and yeah it was just it was so pure where it was what they were trying to do and it worked was just this weird underground anthology movie mm-hmm. um and it's really really special and then yeah we kind of we got those two sequels right off the bat really? um yeah around the time and you know VHS2 i like certain segments um and then by the time we got to viral you know, there's a reason why the franchise died at that point, um, because viral is just a bad movie. And it was a shame because, yeah, you look at two and it was, you know, it was clearly a step down from the original, which was already disappointing. But then to put out another sequel, which is just f- straight up bad, like it's mm-hmm. not you shouldn't watch VHS viral. It has no. no purpose at all. And then it's like, and that's it. And, and it's such a shame because this was a great vehicle, I think for finding new young horror talent. And that was why for years I have wanted them to bring back VHS because mm. I do think that there is, this is such a great platform for discovering new talent. And yeah, we'll get into specifically this movie, but I really hope like I don't need new VHS movies every single year, but I really no, hope I that time
1: was right. Yeah, yeah i really I hope think, that
0: shutter can use this as a yeah. vehicle to find new filmmakers every three to four years i think would be fantastic well, I, I think
1: that's the thing is that shutter is like the emergence of shutter was just screaming to take vhs by the reins and take mm. it on you know like they've got hell house and they've got these other ip and i just think like and obviously like you know um creep show and and all these amazing things i just think like vhs is perfect where you can kind of assign some guys to this project and, and have these cool events and, 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 you know, things. And, and I think with, with um, uh, 94 that we've now seen, I think this, this really feels like a really much more cohesive package than Mm. what we've seen for a while. Probably that we've ever seen like with the wraparound and everything, I kind of feel like it was a really nice presented kind of VHS movie. and, And, and I would like it to continue like that. Yeah. Um, we, you know instead of just being these kind of you know w- with we, the, the anthology movie we see a lot of variations of and I think kind of it's part of what I really love about them is kind of what the wraparound is and what that can kind of mean and how things link to each other it's what makes them fun
0: mm. and I
1: think kind of the first VHS was surrounded in so much mystery with the wraparound and kind of what that meant and what was going on and I think like this one works as well for, for that and I and I think it really does a good job of of toning in what was good about the original movie with that wraparound, um. Mm. um but yeah, I guess I guess there's not really too much of a of a plot for no, this to, to go into. No I need think,
0: to talk about them individually.
1: <laughs> no, I think I think you know this is basically you know it is a fan footage movie of multiple segments. If you've never mm. seen a VHS movie, so we get kind of was it five five stories.
0: Included think, the wraparound, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so we get these yeah, four four stories and an overall wraparound that is interweaved between each segment and kind of we 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 delve into each segment with the overall wraparound kind of, yeah, filling in the gaps and um and yeah, I think kind of what it does there it, it really does achieve upon. I think it I think it heavily leans into um the the quality of uh what vhs movies looked like in the early 90s which i think Mm. is is interesting and overall i'd probably say that i wish they kind of hadn't because i don't really want a movie looking as shitty as it does at times Mm. um i get what they were doing and they've really leaned into that but i just kind of think um yeah i would have you know the the old you know the, the original Looks better than this in terms of just the, the the video quality because they weren't trying to, you know, when you when you snapped into the video, it didn't then need to look like a shitty video for the whole thing. Um, so I do I do kind of you know that was one of the things, but but I think kind of overall they they really are authentically trying to put it in that time period, and I think obviously they do that and they achieve that with the quality of the 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 you know the the way this movie looks.
0: I think for me, one of the segments looks fantastic um and looks way better than 94 and it 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 does kind of make sense in terms of the story which is cool um because it looks so clean but yeah the rest of the movie
1: started. i was like oh they're finally doing one that looks good
0: (laughs) yeah and, and it's funny because the one after that the final segment is like I loved the filter on it, but my God, does it look bad Um, to the point that it's quite hard to even just tell what's going on at times. Um, But I did think that was the most convincing filter of them all, where I was like, this feels like it literally fell out of 1994, the the final one. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, I remember, like, I think a lot about Poughkeepsie tapes, Mm. um, because I remember when I first watched that, part of me genuinely was like, is this just a real thing?
0: Hmm. Authenticity goes such a long way with movies like that. And that movie feels so authentic.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, but I feel like with something like VHS because it is so wacky when we get into these segments, um, you know, we may have to go a little bit spoiler into some of these segments we'll see, but like, I think they really do lean into the bizarre and the super wacky and I, and I like that. And, and, but then you don't really need this authenticity because there's, you know, this isn't like a found, they're not trying to say that you've found like a snuff movie or some fan footage thing. like this is clearly like a over the top movie
0: yeah Um, and you can never with with since the first vhs i've always had a problem with people that kind of worry about that stuff too much because like you know there's sound effects there's like actual you know like a character will jump and there'll be that musical cue that you're just used to in every single movie and you're like well how is this time yeah yeah and again like i've never been one to give a shit about that and so and i don't think you are either so but i think with the first movie that's always been there so i'm totally fine with that
1: i definitely think with with this franchise i'm not i can't say that i'm like that every time like again it's authenticity so if it's something you know again poughkeepsie tapes i think kind of you know you you need you need some things that do really toe that question but i think more often than not i just want to you know um, it's it's a movie we all know it's a movie so i just mm. want it to be fun so put that stuff in there yeah you know, more often than not um but yeah i mean i i do want to go into your thoughts on the overall thing
0: yeah, yeah, we'll talk overall, obviously, vaguely, and then I mm. guess we could we could do, like, segment by segment and maybe do spoilers, but um, yeah, overall, be, yeah. um, I thought it was brilliant. I had an absolutely great time with it. it. It was pretty much what I've always wanted, you know, from the franchise at this point, which is just these different takes um, that vary in terms of quality, but also in terms of content, um, in terms of tone, I think, um, is very intriguing because, yes, yeah, some of them are very wacky, and some of them are way more straight, and... I like that variety. It's something that we've talked time and time again about with something like Creepshow, that kind of, like, it needs that. There isn't a typical Creepshow episode. Um, I like that they can try and make you laugh one week and make you cry the next week. Um, And so I like that variety here. And, yeah, it does feel very cohesive, even though I do think that there is one or two standout segments, like there almost always is in an anthology. I do think this is consistently very good. Um, And I think that there's a couple of things that that didn't land for me which we'll get into more when we go through segment by segment but like overall when it ended i was like oh yes like vhs is back like i'm glad they didn't balls this up we've seen so many franchises return that i love that are just so mishandled and i really didn't want that to happen to vhs because i have such love for the original and i think if this would have been viral part two mm. it would have just been so disappointing especially because it's coming back now while we're doing the show so we get to have fun and talk about it it's on shudder who we'd love and so there's the potential for more of it if it's good and it, it was just all pointing towards like please let this be good. And and I thought it was great. Um, and I really hope this kind of people check it out. Um, I don't know about the previous movies, if they're available on shutter or not, but you like, you point. know, people have to check out the first movie at the very least. And, and definitely two, if you liked 94 and you want more, definitely check out two. There's some cool stuff in there. Just don't just do not put touch by no. the barge. No. Two,
1: two. And I'd say two and 94 are quite similar, really that they are mm. very good you know, that they are what the VHS franchise should be. The VH, VHS one was just very special because of yeah. the, um, you know, the the group of people that made those movies. We, we, As you've said, we've gone on to see what they can make. Like they mm. were truly talented and let's hope we can find a crop of people like that again. And who's to say that the people who made some of these won't be that. But I think, um, yeah, going into my thoughts on this movie, yeah, I had a really good time. I think kind of, the biggest thing when this movie ended was what you said, that I just felt like VHS was back and that makes me happy. This isn't, you know, this isn't the best movie we've seen all year. I think it's just, it, it, you know, it, it was just, but it was really fun and it was what I wanted it to be. You know, there were some highs, there, there were some lows. I think, I think pretty much all the segments, I would say, well, not, not all of them actually, but a lot of them, I found myself not being super into at the start and being like, oh, this is a bad one. And then by the end of it, being really into it, in particular, the last one that you speak about, like when that mm. first started, it was kind of all over the place and there was so many things going on and I really wasn't into it. And I found myself like checking the runtime and I was like, oh, okay, this is the last one. And then we get the wraparound end. And I was like, oh, this isn't like ending with the bang I wanted. And then actually when it, when we actually got like into the, the last bits of it and it just went batshit crazy, I, I was on board. And I think kind of like that's how I was with most of them, that I um Yeah, found myself just getting sucked into the segment as soon as, you know, as it started to unpack itself. And um yeah, for me for me there was a standout that I really enjoyed and was, was super just just crazy. And again, like probably when it first started, I it it didn't suck me in straight away, but but then by the end of it I really liked it. And and I think kinda that's just where i am with this movie and and that's what vhs is all about just like these fun journeys you don't know what you're going to get and and uh, as you said tonally kind of with a lot of these um you know obviously creep show's different because it's episodic so each week we get like different things and there's a gap between them but when you talk about a uh, a uh, uh, um anthology movie sometimes you know they'll tonally try to be quite the same and you can feel like they're you know going on but what this movie going on in the same kind of world and, and and you know kind of image whereas whereas what this does is they're so each one is so different but they do a really good job with the wraparound to make it still feel cohesive and I think that's what I really give them hats off about because I think kind of sometimes you can just chuck them in and they're just this crazy mismatch and then if you but if you have a bit of a clever wraparound I think the what was that French one called that we saw
0: uh oh, with well, the french anthology um, is it like dark stories dark, i think yeah,
1: dark stories or something i think that one was one where each segment was so different mm. and really enjoyable but because it was such a zany wraparound it, it all felt like it fitted in that anthology series and i think Man, I of, loved
0: the rap. that was one of, that was probably my favorite anthology wraparound for that film yeah for
1: sure for <laughs> it's sure. so good it was, it was so good <laughs> um it is definitely the goat i think of wraparounds but um but yeah and and so, yeah, I had a really good time with this. I think it's got some i think one of the things with v h s is kind of um you know it needs to be quite extreme. This movie is very extreme. I think kind of the the um the gore and the violence in this um I almost got like just a bit kind of numb and non reactive to heads getting blown off mm. Uh, you know there are so many like you know they just like there was i think it was the the last segment which i'll go back to where they um the opening of that segment pretty much someone just gets their head blown off and the mm. second the segment started i was like instantly in my head i was like this dude's getting his head blown off and it's going to be on screen incredibly graphic and and that's exactly what happened, and I almost was like, oh, "Okay, that's exactly what I thought would happen, but it was't <laughs> but but it was actually insane, like mm. like the the quality of it is it all felt very believable none of none of the effects felt shit to me; they all felt very good, um which I think is one of the things that like when we go into these segments, um there's some real zany stuff, creatures kind of you know bionics and and you know different things and kind of with the budget and kind of what these movies sometimes are some of them can look really ropey and i don't think none of none of them look ropey and i think they all kind of nail what they're trying to nail to different levels yeah um and and so i was really taken back with the effects of this whole movie
0: Yeah, they were really consistent across the board, I'd say. I think, you know, uh, a section which we'll talk about has quite a bit of CG in it, and I think that it's it's not amazing um but it's certainly not bad and i think that it was because of the nature of that segment listen we'd all love for it to either be world-class cg or we'd love it to all Mm. be practical but sometimes that isn't practical to do that and so i'm totally fine with it and especially because i love that segment so i'm not gonna have a bad thing to say about it anyway no Um, it's like when
1: rob zombie does cg i'm like yeah like i'd like it to just be more practical but Fine, I'll I'll allow you to have that, Rob.
0: You know, it's, it's, it's a funny thing to say, because for a lot of time people don't understand this, but like it is a way to cut corners in terms of finance, um, mm. because, yeah, you can do certain effects decent nowadays on a computer without having to worry about doing, you know, like the props and the, mm. you know, well, if you fuck this up, you've got to reset everything and that's going to cost even more time and money. And it's like, yeah, people really think that, you know, well, CG equals extra money. And that's really not the case in a lot of indie horror films. Um But yeah, I mean, I kind of want to go through segment by segment, really. Mm. Um, I guess we should start with the wraparound because I feel like that might be where we differ the most um, because you've talked it up quite a bit. And whilst I agree that I do think the wraparound does a good job of making the whole (laughs) thing seem very cohesive, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I didn't like what was going on. I didn't find it visually interesting. That was to me where I was kind of just like squinting my way through it. Um, it's a lot of dark rooms, a lot of flashlights in people's faces and in the camera. And, and I also really didn't like the way the wraparound ended. I thought it was very cheap and just kind of like, ah, we need this little gotcha ending. And it was just, yeah, for for me, the wraparound was the weakest part of the whole movie. Um, but yeah, you, you quite liked the wraparound. No, <laughs> did you not? All right. <laughs> no, so
1: I yeah I I it may have sounded like I did. I don't mm. I don't dislike the wraparound. I but I think what what the wraparound did good was make it feel cohesive. Mm. I think the the first two or three times we go back to the wraparound, I was quite in it. When we had this SWAT team going around and kind of just finding this macabre house and or, or whatever the hell this place is, and kind of finding these dead bodies and finding all this crazy stuff and kind of slowly getting lost i was pretty in it and it was but then i think it was maybe like the third third one the third segment um we kind of rejoin and like there's like been this jump in some characters and now maybe evil and kind of is someone held hostage or are they, are they not? And like, I, I was very confused about what was going on and like, mm. and, and then by the end, when we got the final bit, it really did drop off. So, so yeah, like I, I really do have mixed feelings on the, the wraparound as a segment, I think kind of as a, as a tool for, um, you know, making this feel like a, a, a put together unit. I think it does its job well for that. And that's why I like it. But in terms of, like I said, when we actually got to those last two bits, when we go back to it, I was really confused. And, and yeah, when when we got kind of the final quote-unquote payoff of this wraparound, I, I, I wasn't on
0: board for that at all. It is funny with the wraparounds because I do think that that, to me, is consistent with this franchise of, like, I don't think the wraparounds have ever been great even in the first movie i like it and i do think they got way way worse you know in particular in two and viral but for me it's kind of like it is almost like the charm of vhs is that it's just this weird bullshit but then every time you jump into one of these tapes there's that that immediate excitement that not only are you away from the dull and boring wraparound but you're also just going to get this really cool thing that you have no idea what's around the corner Um, yeah i think
1: think that's the thing this wraparound did feel authentically vhs that it was just weird bullshit and like i said i I actually yeah like i didn't i didn't hate it i did i did like the first like i say the first half of the wraparound Mm. it was just the, the second half really did lose me but i think kind of yeah that that is the fun part when you've just got like this crazy shit going on and then you just get chucked into this world and you you know, it is that fun. Like I get that little frantic fun feeling of like, what is going on? Like, what are the rules of this world we're going in? Mm-hmm. And it's um, I think with this one in particular, like there there really were no rules. Like every time I thought, like, oh okay, they're gonna do something do like a, uh, you know, maybe make it more simple and more kind of they're, they're going to tease that it's this, but then it's really going to be this like, no, every time they said like, Oh, it's going to be batshit crazy. It turned out to be batshit crazy. Yeah. And, and I did enjoy that. Each segment did that. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, the first sort of proper segment, um, Storm Drain, uh, mm-hmm. which is written and directed by Chloe Okono, um, I I thought this one was brilliant. Like, I think w- when it first started and it was immediately just that dynamic between reporter and cameraman, like, <laughs> I was so on board immediately because I was like, well, this is giving me scary movie vibes. This is giving me Blair Witch vibes in some yeah, weird about ways as well. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. And I was just like, I'm so down for that dynamic. And I love that reason for filming as well um and then yeah she's reporting on this weird rat man and i just thought it was so great and actually when it started like genuinely creepy and and kind of going into the sewers and all that stuff i was like oh this is going to be scary because again we haven't really mentioned it but like the original vhs is fucking scary yeah, right. um and i thought that that was going to be the case and then i guess i still really really enjoyed this segment but what this segment ended up being was very funny um and it was very enjoyable for that reason and i do think that it's an interesting first segment because for me in my opinion um this is the one that leans into comedy the most um in this entire film and so i was a bit surprised because i was like okay it's the first segment and this is very like creep show like say this is now a segment designed to make me laugh and i don't know if that ever existed in vhs before um but i still loved it um and I have to give a mention to the commercial, um, because the, the the Veggie Masher commercial, which had me crying of laughter, which was so good. I don't know if you caught it in the credits. Yeah. Um yeah, so so this was not directed by any of the directors of this film. This was directed by arguably the best director of the year, Steve Kostansky, who of course brought us Psycho Gorman. The fact that this was in the movie and the fact that I didn't know um, because, you know, I already know that he's got Day of the Dead, which starts this week. And he's directing episodes of that. And I've been frantically looking up what he's doing next. And I never saw this. So, like, maybe they kept it a secret. I don't know. But, like, yeah, I love the commercial anyway. And I'd already (laughs) jotted it down to be like, I need to mention how funny this is. And then the fact that it was this guy as well. And the only disappointment, I guess, is, like... I thought there'd be a couple more of these throughout the whole film. Mm. And the fact that we only get one straight away was a bit of a disappointment. Um, But yeah, I guess, what what did you make of uh, Storm Drain?
1: Yeah, well, this was the opposite to what I was saying about most of the other segments, where most of them I kind of had to warm up to and then slowly, like, more and more. Yeah, I do agree with that, yeah. This one I did actually like less and less in that it started incredibly Mm. high, like you said, that dynamic with the cameraman and everything else, and then kind of you know the whole story that they're chasing i kind of felt like was going to be more of a white whale and was going to be like you know who is this guy that's stalking him they've gone into these drains you know mm. they found this tent like what are they going to find and then what they actually found like you say it kind of it it led into the comedy a bit i, I didn't i didn't find it funny um that stuff i found the commercial funny but mm. i didn't i didn't really find the the stuff funny there and i just kind of felt it was a little bit too too zany and it, it definitely went downhill the the final third of it it was still good but i really enjoyed like like the dynamic and her kind of you know her ambition and drive and his just kind of like reluctance but still kind of this is a paying gig like that whole dynamic i think like you say it's a very scary movie it's record it's it's scream you know mm. it's, it's all of those and i think kind of um it's a fun thing, and again, like what what you said with with these segments, you, you sometimes do ask the question. I think kind of the last segment, I'm like, why was any of that being recorded? <laughs> and there's, there's no need for any of that to be recorded, not really. Like uh, they they kind of throw in there, like, oh yeah, we're doing like, but they they're doing their little videos, but with the whole rest of it doesn't need to be recorded. But like this whole thing, it makes perfect sense. And again, like I'm not going to get on my throne about that. Like I don't ultimately care that much but i think when when a segment does uh really have a reason to be recorded i think it does need to be you know uh held in higher esteem and i think this one does that i think kind of you know the reason behind it and the don't stop recording does all make sense um yeah so yeah like i say i, I enjoyed this segment i think i enjoyed the first half a lot more than the second half
0: yeah um so yeah next up was the empty wake um written and directed by simon barrett who is kind of a returning contributor from the franchise very involved um you know two he wrote two of the segments in the first movie and he directed a segment in the second movie so he's kind of like easily the most prolific vhs contributor to this um and there is more kind of returning names which we'll get to but um yeah this this one was a real low point for me I, i was really disappointed with this one um it's definitely The shortest one by a considerable amount and for me it felt like it was it was constantly gearing up to something and then it was it was 10 seconds of the thing it was gearing up to and then it was over and i was almost waiting for them to revisit this because i was like wow that was all there was and it was it was a good setup again it was kind of tense um and i was like okay where's this going to go you you've definitely you've laid down all the markers for what could be a scary found footage segment and then it just kind of like has this one fun scene uh, which is again le- it must be less than 30 seconds mm. and then it's over and um so yeah th- this one for me was the real coming off the back of the first segment as well and that commercial and then getting into this i was like oh man and especially from simon as well i I was Mm -hmm. very disappointed because he has contributed so much to vhs in the past and and all of his previous work both in a writing and directing standpoint in vhs was definitely better than this for me um so yeah this was this was the lowest point i think of the whole film for me
1: yeah this this was my least favorite and i think kind of um it's, it's because it's so, it's it's, it's pretty much, just like you say, it's a slow burn, and then what it reveals is exactly what you think it's going to reveal. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of, you know, it, it had some moments of tension, but it really wasn't as tense as it needed to be for the slow burn that it was. I think kind of, um, you know, the the fact that it is the shortest one, it still felt longer because of because of these you know it, it, we just keep getting the same thing over and over again and her kind of getting a little bit freaked out then calming down then getting freaked out more then calming down and then eventually it goes goes crazy and it ends and like I say I think kind of if you'd have if you'd have t- asked me which one he directed I wouldn't have said this one mm. because because this one just felt like the most generic I think this feels like someone that um is a fan of horror trying to make a horror movie and just kind of doing something that's very by the numbers, having the lights go out, making someone light a candle, you know, all of these just kind of very tropey generic things. And none of it was, there was none of it that really did a great spin. Um, You know, I I don't want to ham on it too much because I I didn't hate it. Mm. It was, you know, it wasn't, you know, when we see these segments and when we see these things, there are, there's kind of, the the you know good bad and fine and you know th- this was just fine it wasn't bad like this was fine like i didn't have a bad time with it it's it just it wasn't it wasn't great you know and it, yeah. and, and and considering who was behind it i wanted it to be great and that's why i'm more harsh on it
0: yeah for sure um the next up was the subject um mm-hmm. which was written and directed by timo Tugento, who is the other returning uh contributor um who directed safe haven in vhs2 easily the standout segment in vhs2 what a crap. um this, yeah th-
1: for, for 94 sorry um that one too but but this this segment man
0: yeah this is absolutely mental and i think this is kind of um what you said earlier about initially having kind of trepidation because mm. i was like it starts off really cool with this like ridiculous visual and then it is a little bit slow and what i do remember about safe haven is that i think it's the longest segment in all of the vhs movies it's like right. well this forty minutes.
1: this one has to be pushing
0: it <laughs> well yeah this is definitely the longest segment here if i had to guess i'd say it's about 32 ish mm. and um and i'm glad it was a little bit shorter than safe haven but once the kind of like what the story was was established and then we just had the fucking the batshitness the the <laughs> full-on this is a video game playing out in first person i loved it i absolutely loved it this to me was the standout um this is the one that i'd just put on shudder and just watch in, in of itself to have a great time um because it really was like I mean, it was so Resident Evil Village, um, a certain part of that game. And it was kind of, but it was like Doom at times as well with this like first yeah. person combat, almost with like a heavy metal soundtrack at times. Oh, and yeah. I wanted them to lean into that even more because I was like, you're only one step away from this being Hardcore Henry 2. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I, I thought this words
1: was... I was waiting for.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was just a blast for me. I, I loved it. And yeah, it, even though it was a longer one, once it once it got going... I this could have ran for another thirty minutes. I was having such a good time. Yeah, th- this for for me was easily my favorite segment of the film.
1: Yeah, this is the closest we've ever got to a sequel to Hardcore Henry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's kind of you know it's it's almost like a darker version. Mm. Um, you know th- there's some there's some really great stuff in this. the The practical effects and the way this looks, um, is just so good. Each one of this guy's creations is just like so unique and so different and and yeah feels like a ton of different video games you know it feels a lot like evil within and mm. and resident evil combined i think like you say it definitely has inspiration from doom when it gets going as well um and yeah just just the the it's the look and the aesthetic of this that really takes it away and then when you get into the actual action it's just it's just really fun and like you like you said earlier um it does lean into CG in particular when we get that kind of crazy first person doom action. But I, but I really just forgive it because it's just crazy fun, you know? Mm. And it's just like, um, so, um, so zany and over the top and, and kind of, you know, this, this is the one where I'm like, yeah, even though it was the longest segment, I would have, I would have been down for some more of this crazy action as soon as it got going. Um, and, and it, and it was kind of, um, each it, it kind of ends like three or four times as well doesn't it yeah you kind of have it and i'm like oh okay a little bit more and it was it was just kind of like this this machine that kept keep kept on going and, and yeah like i said i i i ended up like i said when 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 it kind of first started i was it had the cool visual but i wasn't fully on board with it and I was kind of like, oh, is he just going to be experimenting on these people and kind of eventually they'll like become self-aware and turn on him or something like that. And I kind of I thought it was going to be like that. And then and then suddenly when the SWAT team arrives and it all just goes nuts. And and I think kind of um, what this one does as well, which I, I'm thinking like I I guess some of the other segments do as well, but it but it does focus on different different cameras you know we're not just Mm. the cameraman we have all of these different things and I enjoyed it that like when the SWAT team turned up yeah they kind of go record this record this and then like suddenly we get the SWAT team footage and like you know the the filmmaker did a really good job of again you know getting the content I don't want to be tethered to an individual if it's not the best for the entertainment and and Mm. it wasn't and I I like that we got these different ways of of viewing this move this segment and so yeah yeah I, I really loved this one
0: i also as well like i said earlier for me this was by far the best looking segment and i think it was great that like oh, man, it, it does it does kind of make sense within this world that you know this camera would be more high tech than everything else so like mm. it's cool that that is at least somewhat handled you know they don't um force like bad grainy filters on this they're like well no there's some really sick action in here and there's some incredible like creature design that you want to see and i'm glad you do get to see it um so yeah this was this was so good is that Um, Did this
1: one remind you of Evil Within? Like, yeah, I was definitely. Evil within
0: vibes anytime it. you see those kind of like big um you know monster and machine it's kind of mm. like evil within you know this pyramid pyramid head inspired yeah. but then obviously like resident evil village coming out this year and that whole segment of the game in the factory mm. it, it just very much reminded me yeah, of that definitely, definitely. um and then yeah last the last segment uh terror mm. um written and directed by ryan prose um yeah this this was an interesting one because i i i did like it um, I was very intrigued by what was going on, and definitely didn't really see that, like where it was going. Um, and and so where it ended up was very, definitely good misdirection. Um, but it almost this one felt like too short to me, where I was like, they were, you know, because they're they're staking out this like building at the start, yeah. And so I really, you know, expected, and I guess that is you know intentional, like for that to be what was going to happen, and and then the fact that the finale of this is so completely disconnected to that because of what's happened you know in mm. in the time since i was kind of like uh, like like during the final sequence i guess i probably i didn't realize that was the final sequence yeah. until like just before it ended and then i was like oh i can't believe it's over already and then i kind of looked at the runtime and realized there was like three minutes left and was like oh, okay i guess they've got to just you know the wraparound's got to conclude and that's it so i, I did like this one it, it you know i i appreciate its misdirection um it's something we haven't seen in VHS before, which was cool. The effects were fantastic, um and I i also, like I said earlier, the the actual filter on this one to me was the most believable. Where like this really looked like old handheld camera footage from the nineties. <laughs> it was it was mind blowing to me how good that looked. It, <laughs>
1: I don't know if that's a positive or a negative for me. Well, no. like, they achieved what they wanted to, but yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy seeing piece of shit for that long.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: I'm that's glad we're, we're beyond that. That um, is fair. Yeah, this was a segment for me that when it first started, I wasn't into, Um, you know, I I said earlier about how it had the kind of, um, you know, guy getting shot segment, and it was very brutal, but I just didn't, I didn't understand who this group was, I didn't understand what they were trying to achieve, and I kind of was like, so are they, you know, are they terrorists, are they capturing people that have got a virus that they're trying to because they talk about like the monster and all these different things and i'm like do they think that these people are monsters and they are ridden the world of monsters and what is this building that they're trying to blow up and kind of all of these different things that i didn't really like like, i wasn't really jiving with and it wasn't until they kind of got the rabbit and (laughs) and experimented with the blood with the rabbit Mm. and and i was and then when that kicked off the movie kind of did a did pretty much a 180 where i was intrigued by that and then it got like pretty good and interesting and kind of when we actually realized what the monster was and what they were doing and kind of yeah when the monster got let go and kind of the the, the final few moments of the movie visually looked fantastic i thought that kind of um look for this monster um was was really good and really well done i think kind of um you know and 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 it and it 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 really was the last few minutes were entertaining but but if you'd have asked me halfway through this i was i was this would have this i thought was going to be my least favorite um but yeah by the end it, it definitely saved it you know it got stronger and stronger as it went on
0: mm yeah and that, that is pretty much all the segments so yeah like mm. over overall it was great i think it's what and most anthologies are which is you know it varies like for me mm. um i think the subject is clearly my favorite then definitely storm drain second um then terror and then the empty wake but i feel like yeah even the empty wake isn't bad um it is just disappointing because it kind of it builds to something that doesn't happen um mm. and obviously like you mentioned it's disappointing because of how great simon has been in vhs and the the past but so like the fact that that's the low point um you know ignoring the wraparound because i don't think the wraparound's good but i also don't think they've ever been that good um and then yeah like i say terror is is decent I, I i thought storm drain and the commercial were hilarious and very very good and then yeah the subject is 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 one of the best segments they've done. I, I really mm-hmm. believe that. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And, th- and this director is, like, he's so good, and I've only seen him in anthology stuff because he's yeah, done, like, free feature films. Um, And I just haven't seen any of them. No, I haven't. Um, I think they're all on Netflix. So I'll have to watch them because... He you know, his work in v- both the v- two VHS movies and ABCs of death, he did like one of the best segments in that film as well. I'm like, this guy's so good at anthologies, and I and I have no idea if that translates to the feature film, so I really should check out his other work. Um yeah. but yeah, I, I thought this is absolutely great. In terms of recommendations, yeah, like strong recommend. Um definitely, you know, if you're on Shudder, if you're getting it this Halloween to catch out, you know, catch up on what's been on the service over the last few months add this to your list this is one you should watch um especially for anthologies um you know like you say you mentioned dark stories which is a very strong one Mm -hmm. um and i think outside of that this is probably the next strongest that we've seen for the podcast um yeah And I also think that it's been I was adding this to my list of kind of like my favorite movies this year. And one thing that has really stood out to me is like this has been a ridiculously strong year for sequels Um, because it's funny how I'd mentioned it earlier this year, how I'm being more harsh on sequels than ever before. And even with that mindset, I'm like almost half of my favorite films this year are sequels um which blows my mind because like that has been one of our weakest categories every single year and i'm like this year it's so strong
1: i think last year was the one where we literally sat down last year and was like do we drop this category yeah like we we had that discussion where we were like well we we love the fact that we've kept this (laughs) this rigid rule that only we care about with our Mm. year end um but I think kind of um, you know, it, it shows that it is valid because this year it will be an incredibly contested category. And mm. you know, potentially the winner of that won't just be the winner of that. Whereas yeah. I think last year it was like, Okay, none of these are in our top ten and I guess it's that one.
0: <laughs> There's <laughs> like, usually like you know. one great sequel, yeah. one okay one, and then literally just a sequel. Yeah, Whereas like, like it's
1: oh. <laughs> i guess for a leatherface movie should we put that in It's <laughs> like, like
0: this will be free fantastic sequels yeah. on that list um but Definitely. yeah i'm, I'm guessing be, you would recommend miss out yeah i'm guessing yeah. you would recommend this as well
1: yeah this is this is a you know like i say i think when when you look at i do feel like some of it is that i'm caught up in my love of vhs as a franchise and i am mm. happy it's back but i think just when you look at it completely that aside there isn't a bag segment in this. They're all good to, to really good and and um, enjoyable and very very visually just over the top and and really crazy. And it's just like I think this year, like I've really gotten numb with different things. You know, we we started off with a bang. What what the hell was the goddamn movie that um was too much to
0: take? Um, what the start oh, of this year?
1: Yeah, what the hell was it? too much um, to take
0: i need more information uh, are you talking it was about psycho gore
1: no or possessor um, possessor i yeah. knew it was on yeah i was in about to it was on the tip of my tongue like we start off <laughs> with that and i was like man that was pretty hardcore but we've we've have, we've have seen some crazy hardcore stuff this year and i think this goes right up with it you know the visuals and that sort of you know the so many things that by the end of it i was just getting numb to it mm. um and so yeah i think i think like you say if you've if you've got shutter and you're getting it for for halloween this is a great one to watch it's just fun uh you know if you if you're an anthology fan this is a really good one you know we, we've seen things like um what was it southbound and and halloween tales and a few of these kind of over the years and and like i try to champion them because i love anthology movies and then this is one that you really can get behind mm. um like like the french dark stories yeah I think that's for sure. What
0: it is <laughs> um I think but yeah yeah, I, probably, I think yeah. it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was our discussion on VHS 94. I uh, will take a quick break and we'll be right back. So yeah, just to sort of finish us off this week, uh time to talk a bit of TV, because uh, there's been a lot to talk about. It has. Um and, and we need to start getting through it because we got we're gonna I'm talk crying. about American Horror Story. Um and then yeah, I guess we'll talk about the other stuff um this upcoming at the end. Um but yeah, we've both seen uh the first six episodes um of season ten. Of American Horror Story, um, which is, which it in itself is a complete story, um, yeah. because of course this is double feature this year. Um, and so this was part one, Red Tide, um, which concluded after six episodes. Um, I don't really know, because normally with TV we talk spoilers, but we probably won't with this, because it's not out in the UK yet. Um, so I guess, yeah, you can obviously talk about stuff, but just don't talk about at like, the ending. Um, no, I'm
1: not. I, well, I, I'm going to go into the ending but not spoilers just my thoughts on the ending because my thoughts on the ending do affect my opinion of this this six-parter but yeah um uh yeah i i i really enjoyed um how this opened i think kind of um you know the, the the plot of this is that uh this kind of aspiring writer has gone to this very sleepy uh winter kind of town and and is kind of trying to trying to go there and find his muse and find his writing kind of vessel and kind of um uh it's it's kind of about him trying to find that and and finding that this is like a haven for people to come and create this art and kind of at what cost is what this show is about and kind of the crux of it and I think kind of I really enjoyed that I, I think I you know I like the whole kind of writer kind of and, and talking about kind of the, the film world and him writing these scripts. And there's a lot of references, you know, we get a Quentin Tarantino reference, which I quite, I quite liked. Um, and, and a few things like that. And, and I just kind of, um, liked the setup. And then as we delved into it more and more, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed like, uh, um, you know, when we got Evan Peter's character, what he was, um, Macaulay Culkin's in this goddamn series, which blew my mind because I I didn't know he was in it, and like the first episode, the credits roll and Macaulay Culkin's in there, and like Jesus Christ, like, and I I really enjoyed his character, um, and pretty much like I, I had a I had a lot of questions about kind of where this show where this kind of I'm going to call it a season, you know, just to make hmm. it easier, but where where this story I guess where this story was going to go and kind of um you know, with with his wife, what she was going to do, his daughter, Macaulay Culkin's character and all of them. And and we got answers to them all. And I kind of, I really enjoyed most of them. I think what happened though, is that we got an incredibly long, was it episode five was the incredibly long one, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, um, it was like an hour.
1: Yeah, and, and it kind of pretty much answered everything and, and kind of wrapped it up. And then we kind of got this, you know the episode six was kind of like an epilogue to well it was the, the the tying that up quite quickly and then this epilogue elsewhere and I really didn't enjoy the epilogue and the ending of it it kind of um it dragged on it leaned into things far too much and kind of went further than what I wanted it to do um and yeah so I I wasn't a fan of the way the, the season ended but uh, or this story ended, but I, but I still I still had a really good time, and it, and it, it at it's strongest. It had some, you know, it it was American horror story at its best.
0: Yeah, I, I'm pretty much there. Like I I did enjoy this quite a bit. Um, I think it starts so strong. Um, I love the setup. I thought the fact that it was a much more kind of limited strip back story i think was exactly what american horror story needed at this point you know we've had so much like end of the world we've yeah, had so definitely. many like giant yeah we've had so many giant time jumps and stuff and i like that this is a story told over what seemingly like maybe a week you know it's a very short period mm. um and i like that aspect of it um and, yeah, like, for me, the standouts definitely were Macaulay Colkin, and, and Sarah Paulson. Mm. Um, I loved their kind of, like, back and forth between their two characters. And I wanted more of that, um, especially the way Sarah's character ends was very disappointing to me. Mm. Um, and I wanted more from that and Macaulay's, actually, because off the top of my head, I can't even remember, like, how his character arc ended, which, which speaks volumes. Um, Sarah's. Right, I think,
1: um, Macaulay Colkin, Just, just to go into, like, I re- just to say, correctly, I really hope he is a recurring character in America. Oh, he was great. He was mm. so good.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what we need. Like, we we need that mix of the classics with fresh blood. And he's the exact type of person that they need to pick up. You know, find these guys that people know that you're not really. It's very unexpected the type of role he's playing, and, and yeah, he was he was a joy. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of with you that like this felt like even by by having six episodes it did drag a little bit um where you know the story progresses at such a quick rate um you know with like what this is about with this like drug that turns you one way or the other and it's you know, you get to a certain point even by like episode two where you're like, man, so much has happened already. Mm. Um and it and it does almost then slow down, where it's kinda like it's it's full throttle for two episodes. And the first two are fantastic, and so much happens. Then it slows down for a bit, and then it picks up massively in episode five and like I say pretty much ends, and then you get like a very slow epilogue, which to me felt very american horror story in recent Mm -hmm. years where it's just like has this wishy-washy ending that just does go on a bit um but overall i really liked it i'm so glad this was six episodes because i do think that you look at the recent seasons like in particular for me 1984 which i went from like loving to like not liking by the end of it i was like the last three episodes fell off a cliff because the story was done and they just dragged it on because they can't just release us you know a six episode season of american horror story and mm-hmm. so i think the fact that they've kind of like crowbar this in and again i don't i know nothing I'm, uh, uh, about part two um mm. and so i'm curious like is it remotely set in this world with this drug or is it something completely different i've i've also just looked it up because i was curious um it's only four episodes um oh, really? so it's yeah it's not six and six it's six and four um which mm. i do like mm. as well yeah um and I'm definitely kind of at the point. I think you know we're almost finished anyway. But I was already going to wait for all four to be out and watch them because that was how I watched this. Um, I watched it in two different sins. I think I watched four episodes and then two episodes. And I, for me personally, I've been saying this for years. Like American Horror Story is so much better that way. I think like the the two shows that I wish would swap. And again, let's just ignore the channels that they're on. I wish American Horror Story dumped all at the same time. Stranger. And I wish yeah, and I wish Stranger Things <laughs> was weekly because yeah. it, it, it would just it would make shows even better um because yeah there are certain you know most of it
1: i just need to be piecemealed stranger things because (laughs) i need i need to savor it and i definitely
0: no exactly and and like we've had that with other weekly shows that have proven that's still viable um Mm. you know with mandalorian and with wandavision and i love that because you do savor it and it felt like an event for two months whereas you know, I think something like Midnight Mass does need to be dropped at once. But you also do have that like, oh, you know, I've got an especially stranger things like I never want to have that pressure to watch it all. Um, but yeah, overall, really, I did like it. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious about part two, um, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get to in, in a few weeks. Um, we will see because like
1: much, much more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like there's uh, the the biggest one, which I'm very uh, much looking forward to, um, which should have I think it's just aired by the time this podcast goes live, is finally after all of these years, the first episode of Chucky is finally here. I cannot believe it. This feels really
1: I'm really fucking pumped. Like when you actually think about it.
0: Like oh, we we honestly we must have spoke about it in the news like it was way before Child's Play yeah. came out and when did Child's Play come out like May 2019 i gonna say
1: way pre-covid
0: Yeah like honestly it's been a, at least 3 years we've been talking about Ooh. Chucky on the small screen and it's finally here I just I cannot yeah. wait Um yeah. so no, I'm, I'm very excited like I it's just uh you know
1: t- to see what this show is going to be about this first episode is very exciting
0: Yeah so yeah that'll probably be one that we'll talk about weekly um and yeah i'm really looking forward to that and yeah there's plenty more tv around the corner Mm -hmm. like creep show is on right now um season three um i've only seen the first episode and i think we're getting up to like episode four at this point so i really do want to catch up with that as well um and yeah i I said before earlier as well the day of the dead tv show which again isn't nowhere near the top of my list um but obviously steve kostanski is directing four episodes and i think it's the first four um so i'm probably gonna wait until those four are out and then binge watch them all and if i like it i'll keep going if not i'll just stop watching it um so yeah looking forward to that and obviously as far as next week's uh, podcast we have a pretty pretty big movie to talk about um one of our biggest shows ever was halloween in 2018 and the sequel's finally here talking about long delayed things um mm. halloween kills is gonna arrive man. what's what's your kind of temperature check for this one going into it a week away I'm pr-
1: it's pretty hot man. Like I'm I'm excited like the the trailer has spoken to me in terms of what we see of Michael. Mm. Um uh, I'm worried of how much we're going to see of Jamie and her family. Um the you know the Strode family because um I don't really need as much of them but but focusing on Michael and kind of the kills and kind of the the stuff we've seen like um I'm I'm very excited. You know, I I love um it I, I you know I, I love a lot about this franchise I love a lot of the sequels um and and kind of over the years I've just watched them more and more so like I'm I'm, I'm excited to see this man
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like it's, you know, we haven't covered a cinema horror film since Malignant. Um, and so I'm definitely itching for it. Um, I, I have rewatched 2018's Halloween for the first time since the cinema. Ooh. And I will get into that next week because I have some thoughts. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a very, very fun one. Um, but uh, that was episode number 269, where we discussed VHS 94. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you again very soon.
1: See you later, everyone.
0: they You'll die anyway. Shut up, can't. because I never could. How could I start